Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. I'm here with Ollie Hines, who works with HubControl.com. So, Ollie, tell us back on the company and how it started. Ah, um, so uh, I, I've been working in the heating and ventilation space, selling radiators and air conditioners for the last 25 years for companies like Barlow Group and Quinn Group and uh, the DeLonghi Group, or a company called the Airstaff part of the DeLonghi Group. And um, back in 2011, I came back to Ireland uh, to see my kids a bit more than I, I was seeing them because I was based, uh, based in the UK and based in Italy for quite a number of years. Um, when I came back to Ireland, there were really no jobs. Um, so I decided to uh, look around and see what I could start myself and decided on a smart thermostat. But because because it was part of a heating system. And I didn't understand any of the software or the hardware on these products. So what I did first was I got a, uh, I went back and retrained and got a degree in software development and worked for almost a year as a software developer in Dublin um, to understand the whole systems and all of that. And then in early 2014, I set up Hub Controls um, to become a new generation smart thermostat. So the, the, the idea was to bring what Nest had brought, uh, what Google's Nest product had brought to uh, American homes to bring that a stage further for European and Irish homes. Um, so. We believe that um, smart technology shouldn't just be smart enough to be cool, but it should be smart enough to pay for itself, and it should be smart enough to make your life easier. So what we did was we came up with a thermostat that's smart enough to remember your schedule, but it's also smart enough to know what you're spending. And then further to that, when you add those two things together, it's smart enough to then write a schedule that keeps you within a budget that you want to keep within, if that makes any sense. So yeah. if you only want to spend 50 euro a week on your heating, it will rewrite your schedule to keep you within that 50 euro. Um, so that's what we believe is, that's what we believe consumers are looking for, uh, because we did quite quite an extensive amount of testing with consumers. Yeah. Uh, we, so we've launched um, the product. It took us two years to develop it. Uh, there's quite a few patents attached to it because it was a difficult thing to do. Um, because we wanted to do, we wanted to tell you what you were using, what what gas you were using, for example, or what oil you were using, without using a meter, without using an expensive utility-owned gas meter. We're using um, insights and algorithms to to calculate what it is you're using. Um, so it took us two years to develop it, and we launched it in late October 2016. And how's that going so far? It's going incredibly well. I mean, we're a startup. So uh, we have over a million euro worth of orders. But because we're a startup, um, we can't make them all up at one go. So from a sales point of view, it's going incredibly well. Um, and it's evolving every week. In fact, I've just walked out of a meeting with our CTO where we just discussed what the latest... Uh, the latest evolutions of the product are going to be this week, so it's evolving every week, and uh, we're currently uh, we're currently um, 
getting to the last stages of, of, of our next investment round where we're looking for 600,000 to bring the product to the next level. Um, and that level will be kind of five to 10,000 users in Ireland. Um, and we're going to use, uh, we're going to work with the SEAI and the energy regulator to evolve this product in the next two to three years into a product that actually sits on your wall. And what it does, what it'll do in, in three years, certainly, um, what it will do is it'll sit on your wall in three years' time and it will shop around for you. It will tell you what utility provider is going to give you the best price. It will allow you to switch from bill pay to pay as you go and back to bill pay as you like, and it won't tie you into a provider. So you can, you can go pay as you go with Electric Ireland, and then you will be able to move over and do pay as you go with Energia, or you will be able to do pay as you go with uh, Board Gosh Networks or whoever it is you like, and then you can go back to bill pay if you want. And then finally, it will give you time of use tariffs. Now, now our network is not um, is not up to this at the moment, but in, in three years' time, it certainly will be. So what it means is that if you don't use your energy in the peak times, then your energy provider will start paying you back. Yeah, You'll start getting rebates from your energy provider for not using your appliances, not using your dishwasher, your washing machine between 5 and 6 in the evening, say, friends. So, so to, to answer your question, sales are going really well. We have an incredibly good team. And uh, if we land the investment that we're looking for, um, 2017 is going to go incredibly well, and so will 2018. So right now, is your markets are on the plan to go further field as well? Yes. Um, we've, uh, we've, just, uh, we've just quoted for five projects over in New York. Um, five very large projects, probably totaling, I think, about $17 million. Um, we're quoting for hotel projects and, and uh, nursing home projects, particularly anywhere where heating is a very large spend. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, so we've got, we've got quite, a lot of, uh, quite a lot of interest from, from um, international customers uh, from as far afield as Australia and Japan, and New York, Philadelphia, places like that. That's very good. It's good to hear that a startup doing that well. Because normally most startups I've spoken in the past, their focus is on it for two or three years in the UK. But the fact that within two years you're going to America and further field is pretty good going. Yes, I mean, look, this market, this smart thermostat market is rapidly growing. Last year in Europe, it was worth 445 million euro. Um, this year, it'll be worth 884 million euro. So it's virtually doubling every year. And the biggest problem that most of our competitors have is holding stock. Um, what you'll find is if you walk into a local Harvey Norman, is you'll see a nice nest displayed there, but nine times out of ten, there won't be any stock to buy. Holding stock is a very difficult thing. I mean, this market is just an incredibly rapidly growing market. Once a customer has started to control the heating from their mobile phone, um, it's very hard to go back. And if your best friend or your next door neighbor is doing it, uh, it rapidly spreads. Mm. All that being said, less than a half a percent of every household in Europe has one of these. So it's still a massive market. And do you guys work well with the Apple HomeKit stuff? 
we don't integrate at the moment. We're, we're a startup, so we've got yeah. like five developers, and um, we don't integrate yet into Apple HomeKit. We're going to integrate into Amazon's Alexa uh, platform first. Look, there are about 25 platforms out there. Yeah. Thread is another one. Um, there are about 25 platforms out there, and we didn't know, frankly, which one um, to integrate into. So we partnered with the International Energy Research Center, who are doing an energy, uh, who are doing um, a big amount of research for us, uh, about a half a million euro worth of research for us. And uh, one of the one of the parts to that research is, is which platforms do they think we should integrate into first, if you, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Apple's HomeKit, obviously, I think is a no-brainer, and, and Amazon's Alexa, but then there are other ones like IFTT and and thread and those those types that we're not really sure and we don't want to spend all of our developer time just integrating into other people's networks and not evolving our own systems if that makes any sense yeah sorry well i know that at the moment uh, apple's been a bit pushing trying to make their their home kits uh, a bigger deal than 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 the google products than the google stuff so i'm presuming going with them would be no-brainer in the long term well, you know, Apple is a closed system, and what we find, what we find with Apple, well, the Apple Home Kit is a different kettle of fish altogether, right? So, Apple, Apple are pushing um, a product called Ecopy, um, which are rapidly becoming the number two in the market. Uh, in Europe, the number one in the market is the Hive, which is owned by British Gas and, and Board Gosh. Um, but over in America. You have Nest at number one, and Ecobee is number two. And Ecobee are, are, are using Apple's muscle to become number two. Um, we believe, so the, So those platforms, Apple HomeKit's platform or, or Amazon's Alexa platform, they, they stem from the fact that if you, if you walk into a Harvey Norman tomorrow morning and you look at the smart home, it'll all be unintegrated at the moment, right? So you can, you can find a light bulb and you can find a socket, uh, a socket product and you can find a, a, a smart thermostat and you can find lots of things, uh, even locks for your doors. But they don't integrate into each other. So what you'd end up doing at the moment is you'll end up going into different apps to do different things. We're evolving um, an ecosystem a bit around the bills of the house. So we won't be doing cameras or security or things like that. We'll just be concentrating on your heating bill and your electricity bill and your water bill and your phone bill. Um, and what we're doing is we're looking to make the, 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 the hardware that's inside your home smart enough to talk to itself. So if I, if I give you an example on heating, um, what we're developing is we're developing some um, valves for your radiators, okay? Yeah. So that when you set a temperature in your house. Let's say you set a temperature of 20 degrees in your house. Well then, that, well, then our hub will then tell all the radiator valves to set themselves to 20 degrees. So you don't have to go around in another app to set all those to 20 degrees. So it sends out a signal to all of them to set it to 20 degrees. And then as they reach set 20 degrees, they send a little signal back to the hub to say, look, we're, we've reached 20 degrees. And when they've all reached 20 degrees, the last one in will tell the hub to turn the boiler off. Yeah. And then the hub will turn the boiler off. And then the first one to go below the 20-degree mark will send another signal. And then the hub will turn the heating system on. What that will do for a householder is 
it will mean that the householder just has to set the temperature in one place and set the schedule in one place, and then the house will feel like it's smart enough to manage itself. And it will save, just those radiator valves will save 22% on your heating bill, which is the equivalent of about €220 to a normal three-bedroom semi-detached house. Um, So we're working on your bills. That's really what we're doing. We're, 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 We're working on the household bills. And we believe that this technology needs to be smart in the home as opposed to like Apple's home kit where it's smart in the cloud, if that makes any sense. Yeah. We, we believe that these units, these, these devices need to start talking to each other. So, for example, um, we'll be doing things in Apple home kit where if you turn your alarm system on, well, then we'll turn the heating system off. Yeah. That's pretty Without good. asking you, yeah. if you know what I mean. Because if, you, if you're something with an alarm, then it's unlikely that anyone is in the house. So um, unless you set your alarm for the, for the nighttime mode. So, um, you know, we believe that these units, the, the, these devices in your home need to be smart enough to deal with themselves without, without having to hassle the household. And how secure are your devices? Our devices are, in our view, the most secure on the market. And I'll tell you why. And, and you can make up your decision. You can make your decision. So we've got a we've got a very uh, a, a very heavy duty, very well tested Wi-Fi chip that's that's slightly above the grade that will be in your laptop, well above the grade that's in your mobile phone. Um, but it's a client only Wi-Fi chip. So from a hardware point of view, you can't access our hub from the internet anywhere from the internet. The hub only talks to the internet and never gets messages from the internet, if that makes any sense. So if you wanted to send a virus to to the hub, it would be impossible to send a virus to the hub. If you wanted to connect to something else through the hub, it would be impossible because the hub, it would have to wait for the hub to contact our cloud. Um, And unless we wrote some software uh, ourselves that screwed it all up, which we don't intend to, um, that's the only. That's the only way. So, so our security is embedded in the hardware, not only in the software. That's good to hear because I've heard in the past people worrying about the IT devices. Can they can they be hijacked? And with yours, obviously, it can't be, which is very good to hear. Yeah, we we um, we were about to launch this product in April um, last year, and then there was a big scare with Hive. Uh, who is the biggest competitor in, in the UK? Um, and there was a big scare over security. There were there were uh, there were teams of um, teams of criminals going around and able to tap into the hive from outside people's doors to find out if they were in the house or not. Um, so we went we we redid our security to be even better. So if you have a hub in your house, you can be assured that it's the most secure device on your network. Yeah, that's good because I know that I was at a conference last year and somebody was asking about their. Uh, they've got a IT fridge, and they asked, "Can their fridge start World War Three? Because they didn't know how secure it was. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there was there was there was a large attack. Um, there was a large attack through mainly cameras last year. Yeah. Um. Um. So, you know, in in a way, I suppose. It's a race, and 
the criminals and, and, and my understanding, of course, my understanding is, is, is no better than anyone else's understanding. My understanding is some of, some of it is state-sponsored. So to be honest with you, we've got a team of five uh, developers at the moment, and I'm not, I, I'm not, um, I'm, I'm not uh, arrogant enough to think that our, our five developers will beat 2,000 developers in North Korea, say, for instance. So, so um, you know, this is a constantly evolving, um, evolving uh, system. And like you asked me about HomeKit integration, that those those things are at the points at which um, security becomes very important. Um, we we take the security of your system at home very very seriously, but we also take the security of your data very seriously. So, for instance, on the hub, you own your own data. We don't own your data, right? We, yeah. So we can't go in. We we had a, a, a situation where um, a customer went on holidays over the Christmas. And he disconnected his app from the hub because he, he, he deleted his app and then he couldn't connect it. You can't connect uh, your mobile phone to a hub unless you're standing right in front of your hub. So if a criminal, for example, wanted to connect to your hub, he would have to break into your house, stand in front of the hub and get a pairing code from your hub yeah. to connect to your hub. Uh, what that meant for that particular customer was that he had to come home um, to a cold house because we couldn't connect to his hope. Yeah. Um, so that's that's how seriously we take that security uh, security issue. But yeah, I, 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 and I understand. I, I understand. I mean, I I I, um, I worry about these things too. Particularly, you know, le- less less so about starting World War Three, but particularly about the children and stuff like that, or, or credit card numbers and you know things like that that I worry about myself. Yeah. Well, it's good to know that you've got security. Very, very uh, down to a to a T. You know what you want, what has to be done. Yes, yes. So I, well, we take we take it very, very seriously. We have one. Our head of software development is is is, is particularly uh, particularly interested in security himself. I mean, he, he writes security protocols for for for, for a few other uh, a few other websites as well. So he 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 came on board because of the security uh, the security issues that he felt that we could be facing going forward. So he tries to keep on top of the latest and um, the latest versions, which is why I understand what happened at the ha- in, in the hack back in uh, late November. Yeah. I guess with you guys, security is going to be one of your main selling points. Well, to be honest, um, to be honest, you know, we one of the main selling points, we, we have a lot of selling points and we're small and marketing... Um, marketing is expensive for us, um, so security is one of those things that we believe is just a prerequisite. If, if that makes any sense, you, yeah. you need to be making a secure device. So we don't sell it as a unique selling proposition. Um, we we just say, look, uh, you own your own data. We don't say, by the way, if you buy um, if you buy a Nest, you don't own your own data. If you have a Gmail account, you don't own your own data. Um, we don't say any of that. We just say, if you buy one of these, you own your own data. If you buy a hub, it is as secure. It, it will be the most secure product on your network. And we will make sure that it stays the most secure product on your network. Um, and, and we believe that's just a prerequisite. And we believe in a few years' time it will just be a prerequisite. So we don't think that it will take long for our competitors to catch up on, on, on things like security. 
Yeah. And also, uh, but IUT in Ireland, how big is that growing in your view? The IOT in Ireland? Yeah. So, according to Harvey Norman, um, it's doubling every year. Um, at the moment, the largest seller in our, largest seller of IOT products into Ireland is Amazon, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Um, but, uh, um, you know, you know that Electric Ireland have been giving products out uh, as part of uh, as part of a deal for quite a long time now, and I think that's a great thing. I, I mean, you know, it's giving uh, it's giving um, a lot of ordinary people, a lot of normal people like myself, um, exposure to this stuff that you wouldn't necessarily that wouldn't necessarily be the innovators of of, of this, wouldn't necessarily be the natural customers. But you know, it means that these products are evolving and getting better. Um, the problem with Ireland, I suppose, is that if you don't have an Irish company selling Irish products into into Irish homes, whatever whatever learning is is gleaned from from normal people using the, these products it takes too long to filter back to the development team. If you know what I mean. So, yeah. for instance, if Nest were to learn anything from Irish homes it would take a few years before that learning would filter back to the development team and that development team would work. We, on the other hand, are, you know, every single customer that has an issue or has a suggestion, we action it. We, we, we create a case and we action it. And there's very, very few times that our customers are wrong about these things. Um, uh, for example, the on-off. I, I, I'll give you an example. This is, this is going to sound very simple, but Irish customers have it have a tendency to turn the heating on and off as opposed to using temperature to control their heating. Um, a Nest, for example, doesn't have a heating on, heating off uh, functionality. It just has uh, a temperature functionality. So if you want your heating to be off, you need to turn your Nest down to 9 degrees. Um, and then if your house drops below 9 degrees, it'll turn your heating back on again. Whereas we believe, or, or what we've learned from Irish consumers and from UK consumers is that they like to set the temperature and then they like to control the schedule just by turning it on and off or putting it on boost for an hour. So that would be an example of um, of how fast we're, we're we're able to learn and, and we're able to move. But this is this is a typically an Irish product for an Irish market and the UK product is is going to be different. Um, our product is very different in the sense that. It's a five-inch touchscreen, and we can have a different user experience for different markets. So the Irish consumer can have an Irish uh, interface, and the UK consumer can have a UK interface, or a commercial consumer, for that matter, can have a commercial interface, if that makes any sense. We don't have plastic buttons that do only one thing or anything like that. We've got a touchscreen that can evolve, and we expect this product, as I said earlier, to evolve to a much, much smarter device uh, over the next two to three years. And where can you buy your products? At the moment, you can buy it on Amazon. Um, you can buy it in um, in Woody's or you can buy it directly from us. And uh, by, by the middle of this year, you should be able to buy this product anywhere in Ireland that you would expect to be able to buy it, like Harvey Norman, DID, Woody's, B&Q. Um, but we're rolling it out at this point. So um, um, uh, you can contact us directly. You can contact one of our installers. 
um, we can get these things installed for you within a week. Um, or or uh, you can um, hopefully, uh, we'll be doing a deal with Energia uh, fairly soon. And Energia customers will be able to get these products as well. Now, it's Amazon and our website. And soon, in the next month or month and a half, it'll be Woody's. And then later on in the uh, later on the year, around Easter time, it'll be Harvey Norman's, Woody's, DID, all of those normal retailers that you can buy it from. Yeah, and when you buy, is that a one-off fee you pay? That's it. That's it. Yeah, uh, the product is two forty-nine. Um, exactly the same price as the Nest. Uh, the product is two forty-nine. All the upgrades are free. Uh, the product is two forty-nine. There is no other outlay. You don't pay for the app. You don't pay for any of the upgrades. Um, we'll look after it forever for you, and all the new upgrades, the upgrades to to electricity control and water control and phone control will all be free upgrades. The upgrades, the upgrades are done via the cloud. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it takes us seven thousandths of a second to upgrade uh, all of our hubs, um, and, and we've got an upgrade. We've got a hub upgrade go out once a week. Um, we, we're, we're upgrading it all the time, so. Um, it, they they go out once a week. That's pretty good. That's very pretty impressive. Because I was at last, very much. yeah last year I was at a Harvey Norman every year at a home show. They got the the uh, this smart home, and they show all technology they got. But two years ago when I first went to it, they were showing IoT and it was everywhere you saw it. Last year it was hidden away. So I guess like with you guys, you won't know what's there. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Um, Harvey Norman were, I think, disappointed. I, I say I think disappointed. When we talk to Harvey Norman, they're not disappointed. But, you know, last year I walked into a Harvey Norman store and there was 10 metres of smart home. And now, just before Christmas, I walked in and there was 3 metres of smart home and it was kind of felt like it was hidden away more than it was before. And I don't believe that smart home products are going to be sold by... Uh, by bricks and mortar retailers for very long, because frankly, it is a rapidly growing market. But uh, but as I say, less than half percent of uh, households have this, so it'll have to become mass market for it to make any sense to to a retailer like Harvey Norman because they can sell laptops in that same space and and they can make a lot more money on it. Yeah. Um, so I believe that the online retailers are going to take this space, um, but in the end, in five to ten years' time particularly for thermostats, they're going to be sold by installers because the biggest question we get asked by consumers is, will this work with my system? That's what they want to know. Is this going to break my boiler, essentially? Is this going to work with my boiler? And the only person that they'll trust to answer that is their plumber. Um, and so the, these products are going to go through professional channels, in my view, over the next five years. They're going to move towards professional channels. Yes, like if you go to a garage to repair your car, the mechanic knows what parts go in your car as well. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, we found, uh, we found, I think it's about 228 different types of wiring system in the first 1,000 uh, installs that we've done. So there are a variety of heating systems out there and particularly you know the electrics of the heating system there are a, it's it's varied and wide and uh, you really do need an installer 
that knows what they're doing to make sure that that everything is working as it should work. Yeah. I guess the thing is that uh, if, if you try and do it yourself, you know what's going to happen. Well, we've, we've, we've developed a device. If you've got one of those mechanical thermostats, so, so I, I, I describe this to consumers as a clicky thermostat. Yeah. Ours is the only one in the world where you can take a clicky thermostat off the wall and you can replace that clicky thermostat with our product. Yeah. Right? Without any need for new wires at all. So if you've got a clicky thermostat and the clicky thermostat will turn on and off your boiler, then this will work every time, 100% of the time, every time. We're the only product on the market in the world that will do that. Uh, and we've designed that specifically and we have patents on that. We, we've developed that with Trinity in conjunction with Trinity College. Um, but we still prefer the installer to be there because <laughs> I've also said to consumers, if your heating system is broken, this isn't going to fix it. Yeah, <laughs> you need an installer to fix your heating system. So, so if you find that you, you've got a heating system that's not working properly, the hub is not going to go in there and fix it. Uh, you'll need an installer to go in and fix it first. And obviously, you prefer to be the guy you put in there for you as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a little bit like 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 uh, like like the uh, the one where you were talking about the mechanic. Um. You'll, you'll find that you walk in and, and the installer walks in is wondering what the previous installer was doing at all. Yeah. You know, I wonder what your last installer was doing. And that's typically what we what we get. But but uh, our installers love this. And, and, and actually, what we found over the last, over the first eight weeks of selling this product is that particularly Nest installers uh, have started to move from the Nest to the Hope because this is a much less complicated installation process. And they can be sure that when they walk into someone's house, no matter what that system is, they can be sure that the hub will work on the system. Yeah. Um, whereas with our competitors, you, you can't be absolutely sure. You might go in, you spend an hour there, and then realize that this is never going to work in the system that, that, that the consumer has in place. Yeah. And I guess also with your product, if you go and buy it in the shop, uh, who recommends the installer? Or is it part of the, part, on the uh, product when you buy it? Well, currently what we're doing is uh, if you go and buy this product, we will get it installed for you for the, for, for the price of 249 Yeah. So we get it installed uh, installed for you. So we we will arrange the installer for you. That's pretty good. Less hassle. And not only that, but we're constantly watching. So um, we're constantly watching for... Uh, Watch, watching your hub to make sure it's working properly. So, for example, three of our hubs over uh, out, out of a thousand over the Christmas, the Wi-Fi connection went down, and we were able to send messages to those uh, consumers uh, to tell them the Wi-Fi. And in all three occasions, what had happened was their router had gone down, um, and they were able to re reboot the router and, and get everything back online before anything happened, before they left, say, to go on holidays or something like yeah. that, and then found out that they weren't um, they weren't able to connect to their heating system. And how long does it take to install a hub in someone's home? Um, well, it entirely depends on the heating system that's, that's there already, but nine times out of ten, it takes less than ten minutes. Oh, that's not bad. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, and, and that's why the Nest installers love it. Uh, the Nest installers 
absolutely love this product because of how simple and quick the install is um, and how simple and quick the setup is, right? So the only, the only complicated part of our setup is putting in your Wi-Fi password. Yeah. Um, that's pr pretty much, and, and what you'll find is the Wi-Fi password will be on the bottom of the router. Yeah. <laughs> um, but once you put in your Wi-Fi password and you've connected it, the, the, the simple step to connect your mobile phone is you go in, you press a button called Add User, Mm -hmm. And then it will give you a seven-digit code. In about five seconds, it gives you a seven-digit code. You put that code into your app, and then you connect forever. Yeah, so you can actually access it worldwide? Or is it going exactly. to be... Yeah. No, worldwide, anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere where your phone has a connection, you can connect to your heating system. You can see what temperature your house is at. You can see whether your heating is on. You can see whether the schedule is running. Um, you can put it into holiday mode. So holiday mode, for instance, will just suspend your schedule. So all the learning that it's done over the last few weeks or few months or few years, it will retain all that learning and not turn your heating on unless it's gone, uh, unless it reaches five degrees and then it will go into frost protection mode. Yeah. So to turn your heating on for 15 minutes just to keep your, uh, to keep the pipes from bursting. Well, that's, that's very, very good. That's interesting. And also, I guess, if you say you're going to be holiday for two weeks, on the day you come back, it turns on, heat back on. Yeah, so all they do, uh, I mean, you know, we have, uh, our CTO is from Google, and uh, he's, um, he's particularly interested in making things as simple as possible. So rather than having even to turn the holiday mode off, all you've got to do is just press the on button, and it's back on again. So your home will be sitting at home and it'll have a yellow circle that says holiday mode. You just press that yellow circle and it goes straight out of holiday mode and back into normal mode. Uh, that, that, that's pretty easy as well. What we try and do is take as many clicks out of it. So if, if we could do something for you without you needing to do anything, that's, that's our first preference. Um, our second preference is to is, is if, 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 if we feel that you need you need to know something's going on, well, then we do it with one click or one button touch. Yeah. Uh, we avoid several button touches. We, we avoid that. Um, we put our advanced settings in, in, in the background, if you, if you know what I mean. So if you, if you want to get very advanced about your home and you want to get very advanced about your schedule, you can do that. But we put that in the background so 99% of users don't ever need to see that, uh, but if you do, um, you can you can access it. Yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, yeah, that's what I, I like when you, when someone has a system that makes it so easy to use, like child's play. It's what you want nowadays. No mess. Yeah, I'm not going to say that ours is the easiest the easiest product to use on the market, but that's what we're aiming for, um, and that's what we're constantly. Um, that's what we're constantly aiming for, and that's why we have upgrades every week, and that's why we're constantly upgrading this and constantly listening to our customers to make it better for everybody, to make the experience better. Um, the product won the Irish Design Awards um, Consumer Product of the Year in 2016, but but at the same time, our designer, uh, our, our product designer and user experience designer, Kim McKenzie Doyle, who is uh, the, the president-elect of the Institute of Irish Designers is probably the most unhappy with our products of, of anyone in the team and constantly looking to evolve it and constantly looking to make it better 
and easier and more. Uh, I can't remember the word she used. Uh, it, um, she's looking to to to, ha- to have a fantastic user experience on this. So it's something we take very seriously. The users. The user's experience of using this is something that we take very, very seriously, but it's evolving. We're a startup, so we can't get everything right straight away out of the box. But give us give us a little time, and I think I'll be able to tell you the next time you and I are, yeah. are, are on a podcast. Um, the next time we're on a podcast, I'll be, able to, I'll be able to make that claim that we are the easiest one to use on the market as well. Well, it's good to hear that you're always evolving and, make, and make, making things simpler as you go along with it. Because I know some companies are listening to that product happy with the way it is with you guys you want to keep improving all the time which is good yeah that's uh, that's one of the things I mean we uh, like I said to you we have a five uh, five inch touch screen is the interface that we have and and that's expensive it's not uh, it's 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 not um, it's not an inexpensive thing to put on your on your product but the reason we did that was because we take this user experience very very seriously so we want we wanted to evolve it we believed that if we had gone out and you know, put buttons on this, we would have got it wrong. Yeah. No matter how much uh, consumer testing we did on it, we believed we would have got it wrong. And at least now we have what we believe is a future-proof product. Because yeah, I, I guess with touchscreen, you can always uh, change the, the uh, software inside it. Whereas the buttons, you can't really do that. There's buttons allowing certain things to work certain ways. Exactly. Or, or, or with a segment display or, or whatever. Even, even Nest... Screen is not a touch screen. So Nest, for instance, um, Nest Nest screen is not a touch screen. So there's only certain things that they can do to evolve that product. So when when you combine our touch screen with the fact that we can do over the air upgrades, so we we do upgrades over the air. As I say, we do them once a week. Um, it means that this product will evolve and consistently evolve. So if a consumer purchases our product, they can be certain that that in two years' time, this will be just as relevant as it was today. Whereas, you know, I bought a Nest um, in 2011, and that was the first generation Nest, and now they're on the third generation Nest, and, you know, um, and and they'll constantly keep evolving it. Our product is, is buy it once, and we will look after the upgrades for you, and you won't have to put your hand in your pocket again. Yeah, I guess that's another self point you have as well. Keep that. Once you buy it once, it's there forever. Exactly, exactly. And that's, to be honest, we didn't start talking to utility companies until late last year. That's one of the things that utility companies like about our product. And we're discussing seriously with all of the utility companies in Ireland and the UK now. Because they have been fitting thousands and thousands of these smart thermostats over the last couple of years. Um, but once they're fitted, uh, they're, they're fitted, if you know what I mean. And yeah. SEAI feel the same way, and so does the energy regulator. Once they're fitted, they're fitted, and to, to an extent, in five years' time, they'll need to be upgraded. Whereas with our product, this will start will continue to upgrade itself. So, for instance, if we go back to Apple's HomeKit, if we find over the next year that Apple's HomeKit is the de facto standard, well, then this will connect to Apple Tomkit. Um, but I think the biggest event that happened last year in home automation was uh, was Alexa. Um, Alexa's upgrade, Amazon Echo's Alexa upgrade. There's a lot of people in our industry that believe that you won't be controlling your home 
through mobile phone apps anymore that you'll be controlling it with voice recognition technology yeah. inside your home. So Alexa, turn my heating down or Alexa, turn the bedroom heating on um, things like that. And uh, th that's why we've chosen to integrate with Alexa first. Right, when you're using Alexa, if you're tired or, or you're a bit, bit drunk and your voice isn't what it should be, can it still work? Uh, well, it will. Yeah, yeah. We, but a, a good few of us have have the Alexa product in our in our house, and the voice recognition technology is not what you would like it to be. And we believe it will evolve. Uh, but no, if if Alexa doesn't recognise your voice or recognise that you're, uh, so you could say, Alexa, turn my heating on, and Alexa says, the weather in Japan is twenty two degrees. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, no. Uh, we can't fix that. That uh, the, the voice recognition technology. That we're going to leave that down to Amazon. But um, but uh, uh, you can still control it from your mobile phone and, and and from the interface on on the wall. So until such time as the voice recognition technology, we've been doing quite a bit bit of research on the voice recognition technology. And I I, I know this might might go controversial now, but Amazon's Alexa and uh, uh, Apple's Siri. It seems to us that they're miles behind Google's voice recognition technology. Yeah. Google's voice recognition technology is a generation, I think, ahead. Uh, we, um, we, we believe it's in the 90 percentile, um, Google's voice recognition technology, whereas, you know, the other two are, are playing catch up. Um, that being said, Amazon, we believe, or we were told, we, our understanding is Amazon did more than a quarter of a million units in November of the Amazon Echo. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it, it's, it's been an incredibly successful launch for them. Um, so, you know, to an extent, the product that will win is the one that's in the most homes, not necessarily the best one. Yeah, I can see that because I know that I've seen over the years people worry about their accents. How will it work? Like I saw an interview last year of three guys from Scotland in the video, voice controls, and they, we were in Lyft, and Lyft wouldn't work because they couldn't understand what they were saying. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. Yeah. That's a hilarious video. I think it has about 7 million views now yeah. at this stage. Um, well, I, I, let, let, me, let me tell you this. Our CTO is a Kiwi, uh, yeah. and he, he even with the Google voice recognition technology, they don't have... New Zealand English speaker yeah. um, in Google's voice recognition technology, but but the Australian English speaker doesn't work for him, so he uses the American English speaker yeah. uh, technology, and he is exceptionally happy with it. I mean, he can send texts and he can he can get routes and all sorts of stuff through his through his Google. I'm an unfortunate Apple user myself, and Siri is uh, well completely unreliable. Um, completely unreliable uh, doesn't understand my accent at all um, so unfortunately um, on the voice recognition technology I think it's got a lot of time to catch up all that being said I think IOT or what we call IOT or smart home technology that has a lot of a lot of catching up to do as well what we've discovered with our consumers is that once you take the old the old timer clock off your wall and you put one of these on your wall, Yeah, you expect it to work just as reliably as your old timer clock works. Your old timer clock is 50 year old technology and it's been doing just one simple thing for forever. 
and now you've got a device that's communicating through your router and and frankly IoT uh, our, our, our CTO is very fond of calling it the internet of broken things yeah um, so you know over the next three or four years I think the name of the game will be to get this to get this product sector much more reliable that works first time every time and we're, we're spending a lot of time working on that and making sure and what we do to do that is we make sure that the um, we make sure that the communications that go back and forward uh, from the hub to the mobile phone are as small as possible and as reliable as possible, so that we can make up to a hundred different attempts at sending one piece of communication, which allows your router to go up and down all you like without you ever noticing. And we're trying to get this product to a, to a place where. It's what we call rocket-proof. We believe it's bulletproof now, yeah. but we want it to be rocket-proof. So, you know, even if your router goes down, you won't notice it. Yeah. Um, now, all that being said, uh, routers are going down all the time, and uh, particularly the routers that are delivered to you by, by, uh, by TV providers, they're particularly um, problematic routers, we found particularly with UPC, all UPC routers are very problematic. Um, some of the skyboxes are very, very problematic as well. So, um, you know, it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. I, IoT, the IoT space is full of these challenges. Uh, and, that, you know, that's part of, part of the excitement of what we do. Yes, I guess. If, uh, every day for you is a new challenge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you know... Um, We've had some very challenging times in Ireland over the last ten years, um, uh, and I think Ireland, Ireland is undoubtedly coming out of this, and I think Ireland is undoubtedly going to come out of this on top, as I think we've learned to do over the last twenty years. And um, I don't think we're going to be any different. I don't think we're going to be any different. We're having great fun doing it, and um, uh, long may it continue. I live a year in advance of everything. Yeah, if, if that makes any sense. So I'm kind of I'm I'm really looking forward to the new stuff. Um, we talk about ideas all the time, myself and, and technology team. More than we talk about implementation, we talk about ideas. And you know, we're very. I, I suppose we look. We our mission statement is, is is a very simple mission statement. If you'll permit me to give it to you. Yeah. At Hope Controls, we believe that you and only you should be in control of your bills. And what we do is we make products that are practical, that give you back that control. Yeah. Because most people don't feel that they have control over their bills. Yeah. You know, how much did you spend in the evening last month or in December? Most people don't know the answer to that. Oh, I don't know the answer to that, to be fair. Uh, my hope knows the answer to it, but I don't know. Um, and w what we want to do is we want to give them technology that, does, that gives them those answers and gives them back that control. Yeah. All right, thanks for that, and uh, take care and talk again real soon. Take it easy. Okay. Thanks, thanks very much. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thanks bye. 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 bye.